everyone, welcome to the ADSET podcast, supporting you, supporting students. We'd like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who are the traditional custodians of the lands on which this recording is taking place and pay our respects to the elders, past, present and emerging. This podcast is the second from our series of bite-sized sessions 12 at 12 to help you recharge. This session, Balancing Bias, teaches you to balance your built-in negativity bias and focus with perspective, clarity and hope. Make sure you check out our show notes for links to the session recording and presentation slides. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us again. So today we're talking about balancing bias. Um, and And in particular, we're actually talking about our negativity bias. This um, work comes a lot from the work of Professor Roy Bowmeister and also Professor Barbara Fredrickson. Our negativity bias. So we are all born, the bad news is, we're all born with a negativity bias, um, which means that bad thing, we just notice bad things and they can have up to four times the impact of on us than the good things. So we notice them more, we feel them more strongly and they last longer and they're actually pretty fast tracked into our memory banks. So when something bad happens, it doesn't matter if um, a lot of good things happen during our day, we're more likely to remember the bad things that happen, the negative things. so um, it came from our evolution, like evolutionary, um, or in times were past, it was good when we needed to know that there was a saber-toothed tiger outside our cave and take notice of that. Um, but that bias has stuck with us probably far more than, for far longer than it's helpful. Um, and simply put, some people say that they actually scream the loudest. And when they scream the loudest, they actually out-shout the good vibes, the good things that are happening. So even when there's lots of positive things in our day, our negativity bias can mean that we don't always take notice of them. So think about, you know, the times maybe you're not listened to in a meeting, maybe a student feels let down with the service they've got for you, or maybe you don't quite say the right thing to someone else. And, and your attention and your thoughts and your feelings um, about that negative incident can stay with you for the rest of the day, um, long after the, what actually happened has, has been and gone, um, we're still kind of lingering onto it. So that, that bias just sticks with us. And while we don't want to ignore the, um, the negative or the unhelpful, all those difficult emotions that we have because they can tell us valuable things. We don't want them to outclips the good. We don't want them to have more um, power than um, what they really deserve. We want to balance out that um, the good also that we see. Um, Because when we um, set ourselves up for um, not balancing it out, then we just miss out on all those good things. So considering how it plays out, I don't know if you want to give um, some examples on chat about how you see that negative bias playing out. For example, I often see it playing out on the news. Um, There's lots more negative news events than positive news events. Um, 
one example that I see in my life too is when, you know, if I wake up on the weekend in a bit of a grumpy mood and I get annoyed with my partner for not putting away the dishes or not putting away his clothes, I then can, if I'm not careful, I can notice that I tend to then see all the things he doesn't do. And I just get caught up in, you don't do that, you don't do that. And I might miss that, okay, he mightn't have put away the dishes, but he spent a couple of minutes just checking in how I was or you know spending time looking after our garden so i just got caught up on that negativity biased about the relationship what else have other people put in chat ah i can't see chat today because i'm i'm sharing my screen that's an interesting thing we'll have to look at that next time um so yeah, they, they can come also in their play out. Sometimes when we're evaluating our own work, we might notice all the things that we don't do. I know when I was an NDCO and I had to do my annual work plan, I would kind of get depressed, like, I haven't done that, I haven't done that, I haven't done that. And I'd forget about all the great things that I had done and I had achieved. Um, we can um, get caught in that negativity bias when we're looking at other people that we work with and what they've done or what they haven't done. Um, and when we actually criticise what's not done, we can do that, um, as I mentioned before with my partner, but we can do that at work. We can, you know, get caught up in the trap of criticising what's not done, um, but actually we miss out on all those things that those people do to go that extra mile and do all those extra things. So simply put, Sorry, I've stopped my video and you don't want that. Um, simply put, our mind is like Velcro for the negative and Telfron for the positive ones. Sorry about that, there were some technical, technical issues here. Um, so the negative experiences stick to it more strongly and the positive ones can um, rub off really quickly. Um, so that's why we need to be intentional about balancing that bias. We're not gonna get rid of it completely and it still does keep us safe and keep us on the outlook for things, for things that we need to learn from, from things that we need to watch out for. Um, but we just need to be intentional about balancing it so it doesn't get too much airplay. Um, and we know from anybody who attended last week um, that our brains actually also work best when there are pro um, positive, when we do experience positive emotions. Positive emotions just help our brains work at the best. We're more open to seeing different things. We're better at solving problems. We're better at being creative. We're better at connecting with others. Um, and it builds our resilience over time. So we actually do get better perspective, better clarity, better calmness and more open when we can experience positive emotions. So it's about not letting those positive emotions slip by. So how do we balance it? What do we do? One of the classic ways is the, the what we call in the positive psych, our WWW, not the World Wide Web, but what went well. So starting conversations, starting meetings with questions that kind of tap into what went well, what's gone well for you. Um, and the other thing that is a really great way of um, balancing it is with a gratitude practice. 
So, um, in fact, gratitude is a bit like a mega strategy for our um, well-being and our resilience. I kind of think of it as a vitamin C, big dose of vitamin C, um, because what what went well and what gratitude does, it kind of gets you to start looking for the good things in your life um, and what is, is okay, what we do appreciate. Gratitude actually has two parts. The first part is that we notice and we're affirming the good things, the people around you, what we've received from others, how others have supported us doesn't mean that we ignore our stresses or our strains or our hassles or sadness or kind of negative emotions, but it means that we're intentionally looking for the good things um, and it helps balance that out. The other thing about gratitude is that we humbly acknowledge and recognise that there are things externally to us that help us in our day. So it builds that interconnectedness rather than think that everything you know, we need to do on our own. And practice, um, because yeah, we'll all say that we're grateful, that we feel gratitude, but do we practice that? And when I look at the definition of practice, it's actually an actual application or use of ideas and a method. Um, so it's using that. And if we can use it every day, it balances out our um, negativity bias and you know regardless you know we just don't leave it to the the side of yeah it's good to be gratitude good to be grateful it's like let's put it in practice because people who regularly practice it are more optimistic more resilient um are more healthier are more happier are more successful in their lives um, and if you want to go the extra mile in fact when you're grateful for serving others that's like the exemplar um, position to be in. So some examples of gratitude. So um, what our, my team does, I have a team of 23 people and at every team meeting when we meet, we start with a gratitude practice. So everyone goes around and says one thing that they feel grateful for in the moment. So it might be the weather, they might have had a good day, they might have had met with a supervisor, um, because I um, manage students, they might have met with a supervisor who was really caring and understanding. Um, they might have got a great mark back for an assessment. They might have had a great night with friends or someone was supportive of them. Whatever it is, people share. And what that does, it doesn't only um, get us to practice gratitude in the moment, that every day then leading up to that meeting, the, the my... Um, the people that I work with are looking for things that they can talk about at the meeting. What are they going to bring as their gratitude practice? So practicing gratitude gets us to look, to gets us to consider what is happening well that I, I can share and I can use as a practice. Um, that's why a gratitude journal also works. So you, it's not only in the moment when you're writing things down, it actually um, gets you looking all through the day. What can I put in my gratitude practice? journal what am I going to be grateful for or what am I going to start the team meeting for what grateful thing am I going to talk about um, and if you really want to take it to another level a few weeks ago we shared a photo of what we felt grateful for um, it took a lot of the meeting time but it was a really powerful thing that connected us um, so what do you do to practice gratitude in your team in um, your family and for you individually if you want to share anything that you should um, do at the moment. 
on chat or you can visit our Facebook 12 at 12 page um, to chat about it later, um, sharing what you do to practice gratitude. And remember it's practice so we've got to use it, we've got to do it. If you want to make a habit, I've um, started this really kind of simple, lovely, fun habit um, to make sure that I practice gratitude regularly. So whenever I stop at tra traffic lights, so after I stop at the traffic lights, when I'm driving along in my car, then I'll think of things that I'm grateful for. And what I do, because the habit will get into our brain more if we celebrate in the moment. So then I just use, I laugh at my traffic light antics as I drive off. But it gets me regularly um, practicing the gratitude. I also have a regular morning gratitude practice thing. I don't keep a journal, but I do say, I do have a, um, a habit to recall what I'm grateful for and say it out loud. So then I start looking during my day for those things I'm grateful for to navigate that bias, to balance that bias. We just wanted to thank you again for listening to our podcast. If you are loving our podcast, please subscribe to our channel so you can keep up to date with our latest episodes. We would also appreciate if you could leave us a review. If you are after more great content, you can head over to our socials and website www.adcet.edu.au Our next bite-sized session will be on creating an inner, inner ally. Replace your inner critic with a wise and caring friend that's both kinder and much more effective.